Hello, I'm Sam Amon, and this is a special episode of The Art of Asymmetrical Warfare to celebrate our 100 subscribers on Spotify. Today we'll be discussing the six books I relied on most heavily writing the scripts for episodes on the Irish War of Independence. weekend, I was thrilled to discover we had 101 followers on Spotify. First, I want to thank everyone who's followed. When I started this podcast, I was fairly certain I was going to be talking to myself and maybe my mom, so I'm overwhelmed that so many people want to hear me talk um, about topics that really interest me. To celebrate, I thought I'd talk about the six books I relied on most heavily while writing my episodes on the IRA, why I found them helpful, and why they'd make great Christmas gifts, since now we're in December. But first, we must make time for our Making History segment. Since I'm in the U.S., today is all about Georgia. There'll be a special election on January 5th, which will determine if Georgia has two blue senators and who controls the Senate. Let me be clear. We have no hope of stopping COVID or repairing the damage that's been done if McConnell retains control over the Senate. We must elect Ossoff and Warnock into the Senate. If you're in Georgia, you have until December 7th to register to vote. You can still ask for an absentee ballot, and early voting begins December 14th. If you're voting in person, make a plan, not only because of COVID, but because of voter suppression and intimidation. If you want to do more to help, Ozoff and Warnock have phone banking opportunities. We'll provide a link in the description. You can also volunteer or donate to Fair Fight, Stacey Abrams, Voting Rights Organization. If you're not in Georgia, Ozoff has phone banks reserved specifically for out-of-state volunteers, Warnock has plenty of opportunities for out-of-state volunteers, and Indivisible has partnered with postcards to swing states and Vote Forward to send out postcards and letters to Georgia voters. You can also register for Indivisible's National Days of Action Callathons for Georgia. The first event is December 2nd at 5 p.m., and the second event is on January 4th at 5 p.m., right before the election. If you're out of state, please listen to Georgia organizers on the best ways we can help. We must trust our Georgian brethren, they know a hell of a lot more about winning votes in their state than we do. Now, on to book recommendations. For an overarching view of the entire conflict, starting with Easter Rising and the emergence of Sinn Féin and ending of the Irish Civil War, you have to start with Charles Townshend's book, The Republic, The Fight for Irish Independence. Townshend is an expert at capturing all the complexities of the war while still remaining readable, engaging, and fair. What attracted me to this book and what makes it required reading for anyone interested in the war is that it doesn't try to separate the political from the guerrilla campaign. For Townshend, they developed together and one often affected the other, which makes intuitive sense, but history isn't always written that way. So for Townshend, the Irish War of Independence isn't only a guerrilla war, it's a story of a state being born, and you can't understand the war without understanding the state's birth and vice versa. He also takes time to discuss the role of labor of women of the Catholic Church. So the conflict, which I think is normally told as IRA versus the Black and Tans, is expanded upon, and you understand how the war affected Irish society as a whole. This book is also why I have a minor Richard Mulcahy obsession, because Townshend does a fantastic job explaining how the IRA and GHQ truly functioned, the key role Mulcahy played organizing all of that, and how the foundation he and GHQ laid, or didn't, depending on who you're reading, affected the course of the Civil War and the creation of the Irish Free State. So if you're wondering why I mention Mulcahy in almost every episode, it's Townshend's fault. The second book I relied on heavily is Vivid Faces, The Revolutionary Generation in Ireland, 1890-1923, to by R.F. Foster. 
This book is very different from Townshend's in that it, it's a social history. Whereas Townshend was interested in the military and political mechanisms the Irish rebels used during the war, Foster is interested in understanding the social, religious, cultural, and educational factors that shaped the men and women of the IRA. He traces the generational split that led so many to fight during Easter Rising and how the war years and the reality of creating a state of a country devastated by war dampened youthful idealism or caused people to entrench in their positions. Um, I relied on this book to really get an understanding of Irish society at the time, as well as the rebels themselves. Uh, this book is a great way to understand many of the Irish rebels on a personal level and humanizes the conflict in a way Townshend's book could not. For Britain's perspective of the war, I, re I use Ronan Fanning's Fatal Path, British Government and the Irish Revolution, 1910 to 1922. He covers the war from 1910 to 1922, focusing on the failed attempts to pass home rule before 1914 and how that failure set the stage for the tragedy that followed. His main argument is that because of British indecision and, quite frankly, indifference to the state of affairs in Ireland, violent rebellion worked. Um, violence on the part of the Ulster Unionists, as well as Sinn Féin and the IRA. He describes in great detail how Balfour's habit of ignoring a problem until it went away led to the 1912 Home Rule Crisis and then the Transcription Crisis of 1916, and Lloyd George's dreams of imperialism, but his inability to commit to an imperial war, led to the creation of the Irish Free State. It provides an insightful look at how parliamentary politics worked in the early 1900s, which was something really fascinating for me in American, and where Ireland fit or didn't fit within Britain's larger imperial goals. In terms of biographies, I pulled a lot of information about the Irish Republican Brotherhood, the IRB, and IRA GHQ from Richard Mulcahy, From the Politics of War to the Politics of Peace, 1913 to 1924 by Patriot O'Coin. This biography was published last year and I believe is only the second full biography on Mulcahy. O'Coin does a fantastic job breaking down the role the IRB played in forming the IRA and dictating army policy and the role Mulcahy played in supporting both the IRA and the IRB, and how his complicated loyalties affected his ability to manage a new, newly formed army during a civil war and the army mutiny that followed. The biography delves deeply into Mulcahy's complicated relationship with civilian leaders, and while I don't necessarily agree with all of O'Coyne's conclusions, his analysis is vital for anyone really curious about what the hell was going on between Mulcahy, Mulcahy and Broda, and Collins and Broda, and the IRA slash Irish army, and the civilian government or anyone interested in the challenge of state and its military faces when developing during a, conflict, a major conflict, um, which is a niche interest of mine. You can't talk about the Irish War of Independence without mentioning Eamon de Valera, and while I haven't found the definitive biography yet, I use Ronan Fanning's biography, Eamon de Valera, A Will to Power, for my episodes. While I think Fanning lets de Valera go and some of his more egregious decisions made during the Irish War of Independence and the Civil War that followed, Fanning provides a lot of insightful analysis into Dev's character and helps explain why he did some of the things he did without making him an outright villain. He also does a fantastic job making sense of de Valera's bewildering decision to go to America in 1919 and his abysmal handling of the treaty negotiations. He's also fair when it comes to the challenges de Valera faced when returning from America and how the Ireland of 1919 was very different from 1921 and how that, if, and how that disconnect affected de Valera and his decision making. Finally, Michael Collins. To understand his role as spymaster, I use Michael Collins and the Anglo-Irish War by J.B.E. Hiddle. This book is more of an intelligence assessment than a biography, but it is a must-read for anyone curious about Britain's failure to defeat the IRA and want to pierce through the mythos that has formed around Collins. 
Like Fanning's Fatal Paths, this book focuses on British failure and how Britain's refusal to acknowledge that the normal way of doing things wasn't going to work in Ireland. But he also does a great job explaining how Collins and Co. were able to take advantage of that weakness. Those were the six books I relied on the most, but a few honorable mentions are Easter 1916, The Irish Rebellion by Charles Townshend. I used this book most heavily during my Easter Rising episode. Just like his book on the Irish War of Independence, the main strength of Easter 1916 is its attempt at connecting the political with the violent, arguing that in Ireland they were often one and the same because of the pressures from the First World War and because of Britain's unhappy history with Ireland and their apparent disinterest in Irish welfare. Second book is Portrait of a Revolutionary, General Richard Mulcahy and the Founding of the Irish Free State by Marianne Valoulis. I believe for a long time this was the only full-length biography on Mulcahy, and it provides a more human perspective on him. Whereas Okoim is very focused on how Mulcahy developed militarily and politically, Valoulis is more interested in the social and personal dimensions and helps round out the reader's understanding of Mulcahy. Finally, Margaret Stinnetter by Mary McAuliffe. We just published an episode on Margaret last week, and I used this book as well as my interview with Dr. McAuliffe as a reference. This short biography is great if you want to learn more about the role women and or labor played in Easter Rising as well as in both wars. You can find our interview with Dr. McAuliffe on Spotify and iTunes, and you can buy the biography from UCD Press. We'll provide a link in the description. The rest of these books can be found from all of your favorite bookstores, although I would recommend Semicolon. It is a black woman-owned independent bookstore in Chicago, and they're able to ship all over the world. I've never had an issue with them. Thank you for joining us, um, and thank you again for following us on Spotify. You can find our full catalog on our website, www.samswarroom.com, where you can also sign up for our newsletter, as well as Spotify and iTunes. Please consider contributing to our Ko-fi and follow us on Twitter at AOASYMWarfare and Instagram. Until next time, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and stay safe.